0: This is Stereoactive Presents. I'm your host Jeremiah McVeigh, and in this episode, I'm joined by Jacqueline Solar to discuss the second film by writer and director Jordan Peele, distributed by Universal Pictures. Us stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heidecker, Shahadi Wright Joseph, Evan Alex, and Madison Curry. In just a moment, you'll hear Jacqueline's review of Us, followed by my discussion with her about the film.
1: Us is Jordan Peele's sophomore directorial effort. Adelaide Wilson and her family visit their summer home in Santa Cruz. Although the boardwalk is a popular spot in the area, Adelaide has reservations about going because she had a traumatic experience there as a child. Although she relents and the family makes their way to the beach, Adelaide's fears escalate when her son seems to go missing. Despite quickly finding him, the family decides to return home. Later that night, an eerie occurrence happens. A family dressed, all in red, stands in their driveway, holding hands, unmoving. What follows is an anxiety-ridden nightmare straight out of a Twilight Zone episode. Peele once again deftly balances horror and comedy. The film's high intensity is cut with moments of levity to help ease the tension for the viewer. While Peele's first film, Get Out, found its horrors in an all-too-familiar situation, playing on the friction that can arise amongst a racially mixed group, Us garners its tension from something entirely unusual, being afraid of the other when the other is us.
0: From this point on, we may discuss elements of the plot for Us that some could consider spoilers. So if you don't want to know anything about the movie before you see it, we hope you will come back and listen to this at some point. And there's definitely a lot... To spoil. So double Ooh, yeah. spoiler alert, triple spoiler <laughs> alert, <laughs> Right. triple spoiler alert. We're going to talk about spoilers at some point in this, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, because they're very interesting, yeah. I think. Um, and th- this is a movie that has a lot of plot, and it's hard to kind of like sum it up. You know, I think you did a pretty good job of describing the setup.
1: Right. And what you said at the top. I feel like it's good to not know a lot about this movie going in. So I feel like just the setup is enough.
0: Yeah. I think what hits you right off the bat or hit me right off the bat is how good Jordan Peele is at just building a mood from moment to moment, from scene to scene.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that that was there in Get Out, but it's even more intense here because this one's like kind of starts out with so many expectations and all that that y- you just know it's going somewhere that is going to surprise you, and you're just kind of always waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about jump scares. Like, there's even like a little playfulness about jump scares in the movie, um, where they're sort of not important, which I like um uh-huh. but i i i don't think that th- that was something that was as present or important and or needed to be there in get out um of the mood building from from scene to scene from the very start you know like get out kind of started with like more of a laid back feel and then the tension started to build once the the underlying plot kicked in right you know But this one is like from the very get-go. It's like, uh, what's happening?
1: (laughs) Right. I feel like this film compared to Get Out is very much a horror film. Whereas the other one, I I would consider it more like a thriller. Yeah. I Um, guess so, yeah. And so with this one, I think it's more... um,
0: Well, the other one has a kind of sci-fi thing to it. Where this one has... You don't fucking know what it is. Right. (laughs) Is it sci-fi? Is Is it horror? Is it fantasy? Is it... What I, don't I know. feel like
1: this one is this movie is traditionally more horror, right. than The other one, and I agree with you that Jordan Peele is really good at creating atmosphere, which I appreciate because I feel like that's what makes a really good horror movie mm-hmm. is when you rely on the atmosphere rather than just like loud noises or things like that, right? Right, um, and so I appreciate also how he is like you could tell from this movie that he is a big fan of. Not only movies, but horror movies. Yeah, sure. And you can see like their influences throughout the entire movie, which I appreciate.
0: Right. And uh, as much as... I, th- I think you can watch this movie and watch Get Out and see that they're by the same filmmaker. But I I, I find it super impressive that for all the potential similarities, there's so much different about them as well. Yeah. And it just shows like what level this guy is working at, that he can do both of these movies and they're both great in different ways, you know? Um, Or at least I thought they were. No, I agree. (laughs) Um, So why don't we kind of get into uh, what the movie is about? So you kind of said it there, of it being about being afraid of the other when the other is us. Can you go a little deeper on it, though, before we?
1: I feel like it's more in the public conscious now that, this fear of of outsiders Mm -hmm. um, just because, you know, the constant um, coverage of of Trump and his wall and then how immigrants are the problem, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's always been around, but I feel like it's being played up more than, I don't know, than the past 10 years or something like that.
0: Sure. Um, And, but I, I think that it's also, at least for that particular interpretation of what the movie is about, that's built into it as well of that's kind of what the country is built on. Like at one point, like the, the beings, the The tethered, they're called the tethered. Yeah, I know we hadn't kind of explained it yet. So I was trying to figure out how to talk about it, but, um, the tethered, um, from underground say that they're, we're Americans or whatever, however they say it. Well,
1: another, another good theme. I'm sorry. Am I stepping on you? No, Um, no.
0: I, I mean, all I was saying was just that, uh, like I, what I appreciate about this is that there are, there are ways to read this movie in different ways that all that none of them contradict each other, and they all just sort of feed off of each other. There's just different ways to look at it. Like I think it could be about a sense of the other and like refugees or immigrants or whatever um, is bugging some people and right. <laughs> causing issues. But you could also, I think, see it as just like about Underclasses in yeah, America and the definitely. world in general, and um, you know the privileged versus the underprivileged, right. and how this country is a nation built on slaves, right? You know, and it, there was even, I think you could read into it something about like social media and the the sort of phantom version of ourselves that we create. Um, that we're tethered to throughout life. Like I, I think you could read that into there if, if you wanted to, you know?
1: There's definitely a theme about the privileged versus the underprivileged, because there's the whole thing about these people living underground that no one above ground knows about. Right. And they're while the the people on the surface are like eating good food, they're um on they're underground eating like raw rabbit right. and stuff like that. And like she she emphasizes that that there's these people who are like attached to these people on the surface mm-hmm. but they have less um they have less privileges
0: and less autonomy yeah and um because, because at least until this one pairing of tethers kind of disrupts things um and th- there's like a double triple spoiler on this at the end right um you know they are very much they they don't have an autonomy they don't have a sense of self really they're just these shadows, as I think they call themselves, yeah. um, of, of these beings above ground. But I just want to touch on one thing you said: of mm-hmm. of no one knows they're there, um, because I don't think that's necessarily yeah, that's true, necessarily right? True. Someone knows they're there because they were put there by somebody, yeah, but they, we don't know who. Yeah, right? They
1: say they say in the movie that it was like a government experiment. They they made clones of the people on the surface so that they can use them as puppets to right. control them. But it didn't work, so they just left them there. To, to to their own devices, right? And so, I mean, which yeah. is such
0: a quick line, yeah, with so many implications. Yeah. I love, I love that it's just almost a throwaway line.
1: Yeah, like, oh yeah, it's a government conspiracy.
0: Yeah, and then like, what did they do? They just left them there. Yeah, <laughs> like and that that's, seems that's what not happened. smart.
1: I know. <laughs> I I agree. That's what. That's another thing about this movie. Is if you, if you think about things. Too much, it it falls it apart. Falls apart. Yeah. yeah, like there's a lot of things that you can pick apart with this movie, like right. that. Like, how come none of them ever escaped before or after this one girl did? Um, spoiler alert. Uh, and where did they get all the red jumpsuits and all the matching golden the scissors? scissors. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, where, like, did they mass order them from Amazon? Why and do Madison? they have to eat rabbits? Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, it's so weird.
1: The rabbits thing is interesting because it's like it's apparently can be read as like a metaphor since you know rabbits are always used as experiments. And then the okay. Nazis referred to the Jews that Jews that they experimented on as rabbits. And, oh, really? And so like, it has like all these ties to, you know, the whole experimentation thing.
0: Right. There's also just something kind of creepy about rabbits for some reason, like they're cute and cuddly, but there's also something that can be really <laughs> creepy about them right. in, in a certain context. And this movie employs that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, like who built this fucking classroom or whatever it is with, with yeah. cages of rabbits just along the back wall. Yeah. Like that's who who's supplying these rabbits. to That's them?
1: yeah, that's a weird thing. It's like and also how do they have so much space? I guess it's, I guess
0: it's rabbits, so they multiply.
1: Right, right. But right. who's
0: feeding the ra- like the rabbits have to eat something.
1: That's true. Who's like, feeding the is, rabbits? I
0: mean, th- this is like the thing. Like like you said, if you if you start to think too much about certain strands of it, yeah, it kind of falls apart and makes it less fun.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is just more about the metaphors rather yeah. than like, you know, if you put logic behind it, it's kind of Yeah, fuck logic. doesn't make sense. Cuz it's like the whole point <laughs> of this It's surreal. The yeah, movie is surreal. Exactly. This whole yeah. movie is all about just being creepy as yeah. fuck and like just having all these weird surreal images like you said to just put you in the state of like anxiety.
0: Right. One thing I was curious about is the movie takes place wholly, I think, in two timelines or two time periods, I should right. say. The present day, where most of the action takes place. And then the flashbacks to 1986. I think if if you watched um Get Out, mm-hmm. and if you've watched it multiple times, at this time at this point, I think I've seen Get Out at least twice, maybe three times. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those movies that the more you see it and the more you read about it, the more references and intentional things in that movie, like easter eggs or whatever you want to call them, right. are apparent. And like 1986 has to have some sort of a of a meaning, I think, other than it just being the year of hands across America, which plays an important role in this movie. I wonder if there's something about 1986 that he's trying to reference other than that. What do you think?
1: Um, well, I do know much like that movie climax where there's like the screen and you see all the VHS tapes of all yeah. the movies that inspired that film. Right. This film has an exact same scene where you have a TV <laughs> and then you see that, yeah. all the tapes around it. And apparently. There's all, Chud. Yeah. There's Chud. There's, there's
0: the Goonies, I believe. Yeah.
1: The Goonies, is, cause I use that line Later in the film, where what? where it's like it's our time now. Where remember? Oh, did they say that? Yeah. yeah. So like okay. Lupita Nyong'o read her character. She's like, up here, it's our time now. Whereas the oh, Goonies is okay. like down here, it's our time. Right. And it's like I think that's kind of like a hint that she's the little girl from earlier, since it's like one of the movies she sure. watched before going under. So that's like another little hint. But yeah, there's like Chud, um, the Goonies, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, the Man with Two Brains, which could be a reference okay. also to Get Out, since it's like the same kind of concept. Sure,
0: yeah. But I, I guess I was wondering if it was more like something about the history of 1986 that is important, you know? Not just the movies that right. influenced him, but like something socially.
1: I don't know. I mean, that time... I, were you part of that Hands Across America? I did do it, you, yeah. Did you?
0: Yeah, I was, I guess... Probably five going on. Uh, no, I was six years old. I would have turned seven in nineteen eighty six. Later that year, do you year.
1: remember anything from that time?
0: I just remember. I mean, my experience of Hands Across America just, was my mom said, "Hey, there's this thing." I probably saw a bunch of commercials and was aware of it even as a kid, right? You know, and we drove to some place in Texas where we were living, um, and linked up with it like out in the middle of nowhere along along a highway. Oh, wow. um, so I, I remember it, like, it seeming cool. Yeah, I mean, I I remember it just seeming like a cool thing, you know, like interesting. Like, oh wow, we're we're holding hands with people who are holding hands with people that, all over yeah, America. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it was like it was like crazy to think about as a kid. Um, I don't think I realized at the time it was only something I kind of heard about later mm-hmm. that it wasn't really considered a, a huge success.
1: Yeah, apparently they raised thirty-four million dollars, but they could only give half of it to the cause because right. of all advertising the advertising. Co- yeah, and all the promotional yeah. stuff they had to pay for.
0: Well, you know what I remember? Um, I, I I'm pretty sure that like plastic bags or maybe paper bags too, um, but like grocery bags, there was hands across America logos on all of those. Oh wow. Like for for I don't know, it seemed like forever as a kid. Um so, that must have been a huge expense, I would think. Yeah. You know? So,
1: yeah, maybe it's about, like, just the excess and yeah. more about, like, the privilege and, like, trying to help these… But uh, being bad at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, trying to help these poor people, but then, like, not being able to still support them because right. they're too busy spending money for themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't… There was something that, like, I couldn't quite put my finger on that, like, I was trying to connect with what's going on in this movie… Um some other metaphor that maybe is mixed in there, whether it was intentional or not about just like, I I think, I think something that's mixed up in the movie is imposter syndrome. Right. You know? Um, And I wonder if it gets at like, not just an individual imposter syndrome for a single person or multiple people, but like for a nation or a world, you know? Um, Because, And i wondered if that was why he went back to 1986 and maybe there's something about like the reagan years that was like a turning point for us as a nation um like maybe some of the things that happened there like have led to what's going on today a lot of the problems we have I, i don't know i couldn't i like i said i couldn't quite put my finger on what the message was but i wondered if that was part of it too. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's making sense. Is it?
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm sure if we like look more into that era, maybe there there would be more about like duality and stuff because I know that's a big theme of this movie.
0: Right. Sure. Um, but I, I guess like of the country flipped at some point there in there. I guess just like like okay. So let's get into what the big twist is. So maybe that'll help me talk about this yeah. a little more. So we see at the beginning of the movie that she goes into this hall of mirrors and she happens across this other person there that looks just like her. Right. Right. And then at the end of the movie, we find out eventually that actually they switch places. And so the tethered person is living in the above ground world Uh as a primary person or whatever you want to call them. I don't know what they, what their term is. Right. I guess they don't have a term. Um, (laughs) And, but, but she, so she's the shadow who's living as a real person. Right. Right. So is there something in this that's saying like that, that has happened to the nation as well? Like it, like in 1986 or sometime around then, Mm -hmm. like something happened that turned us dark and like we were on a track that got flipped over. And now we're, we're like doing sort of, we're, we're sort of in the opposite place of where we should be if everything had gone the way it should have been. Um I think that's in there maybe.
1: I think that's a legitimate analysis. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz there's so much to unpack from yeah. this film. Like there's so many things you can take note of. Right.
0: Well, th- and that's the thing. Like I don't think it's just a matter of unpacking. I think it's a matter of I think there's room left for you to project your own interpretation on it right so i don't think there's necessarily any wrong answer i mean probably some but you know like i think there's room for people to have a lot of different opinions on what the meanings are right and for a lot of those to be right with invalidate without invalidating other opinions right so there you go (laughs) um why don't we talk about the performances okay um they're fucking great
1: I agree, Lupita is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a bad performance from her.
0: Yeah, um, why is she not in more movies? Let's have her in more movies. Yeah,
1: throw her in more movies. Yeah, she
0: should just be in every fucking movie. Maybe
1: she, maybe it's her choice. Maybe she just wants to relax. I I mean,
0: she's in like big movies now.
1: Yeah, she probably like does one big movie and is like, all right, now I'm gonna go have fun.
0: Yeah, or just you know, those movies take a while. Like, how long was she like in that whole? cycle of pre-production production production and press for like black panther right and then she's in the star wars movies yeah um
1: black panther speaking of they were both in black panther the the two leads
0: right Uh, He's also good. Yeah. It's a weird character. I think like he's so awkward.
1: Yeah. I love that though. Like he's like very much a dad. Yeah. We're talking about Winston Duke, of course. Yeah. Making like dad jokes. And it's so different from his character in. Yeah. Panther, Which I like.
0: And one thing that that I think is worth noting um, about this is, and I've seen people point this out and I was like, oh yeah, they're right. Uh, The, this fan, this family at the center of the movie is a black family. And there's certainly, I think, interpretations of metaphors or whatever that you could apply that relate to that. But the actual action of the film, the plot of the film, does isn't really about them being black, right? You know, and that's in its way refreshing. I think of, of like it's just a black-led movie I without, agree. without being about being black. Not that I'm all for movies being about, right about blackness and dealing with what blackness is in right. America especially. And I think this movie does that. But it's it's kind of an interesting thing that it doesn't um, specifically get into that or it, it doesn't have like a real bearing on anything. Right. An explicit one at least.
1: I agree. Uh, if anything, you could put it more – on the white family and how they were so unceremoniously killed. Uh And now that's like a flip of like how they're usually treated in, in other movies where, you know, there's more of, um, the black characters die first. Yeah. And like, and like there's more importance for the white characters, Mm -hmm. but in this movie, like they were killed so fast. Like they're just listening to the beach boys. and, And then suddenly these people come in and like fucking stab their necks, which is also another thing. Um, about why they always attack the neck is because they can't speak. So like they are like envious of that. And so then they kill, they, oh, they go for the neck. Yeah. Like someone, mm. I, I, I saw that. Um, so I saw someone point that out before. So it's I good, thought that was interesting.
0: Good uh, observation. Yeah. yeah.
1: Another thing about the, the white victimhood thing is that Elizabeth Moss's character is named Kitty and the tethered character is named Dahlia. And those are, Two um, infamous women who were killed, um, and like they're only famous because they were murdered.
0: Who are these women?
1: Um, Kitty Genovese. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, the Black Dahlia. Okay. And so, like, it's interesting that the she's she was named after these white women who were killed and like became like this kind of morbid phenomenon mm-hmm. in of culture. Yeah. In, in and and. And then someone noted, like, can you name one black woman who was killed, and it just like who's famous just for being killed? It's like you can't, because it's, it's like yeah. more people care about white women being killed than black women. Right. And so like that, I feel like that's a good reference, like this family, to represent that.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought of that. I didn't realize that connection. Um, yeah. But that gets back to. What we're talking about of like how many references and allusions <laughs> are built so into many. this movie and Get Out?
1: There's it's, so it's many. insane.
0: like I, I wonder how many viewings it'll take to like, you know, touch on most of them or discover most of them.
1: Right. One thing that I really liked that Jordan Peele talked about was his use of uh, scissors. The reason uh, that he u- used scissors is because they're two identical pieces yeah. facing opposite directions and are connected by this one. Piece and they're used to like sever things. And I thought that was like a really interesting. That is interesting. Um, choice. so they're they're
0: like two things tethered to each other that look exactly used to like things. Yeah, right, and right.
1: they look exactly alike.
0: I mean, you need like a fucking syllabus for this movie to, to, <laughs> there to really keep up is, with all there the re- there really is things. a
1: lot. Well, a big influence on Jordan Peele is of course The Shining. Um,
0: sure. Oh, yeah. I, I knew this one. Uh, the two white girls, the twins, yeah, are sort of based on the twins from The Shining. Even when they're killed, they're posed in this, a similar position to how the twins in The Shining are posed when they're shown murdered.
1: Exactly. And fun fact, those twins are the twins who played Emma on Friends. Remember the baby? Oh, really? Ross and Rachel's baby. Okay. That's them now. Do you fun feel, fact yeah, indeed. Do you feel old yet? Um,
0: I mean, I did before that,
1: but... <laughs> uh but another reference is like the shot the the opening about like this family and like all the all these wooded areas you know like in the opening of shining up and like a family going on vacation or like just um you know somewhere that's not their home right um and this this movie also reminded me of funny games i don't know if you saw that yet
0: i have not seen it yet but i i know about it as we talked about when we spoke about um uh the the white white ribbon.
1: ribbon yeah um that movie is about a family who gets held hostage in their summer home yeah. much like this and it's also by a lake and there's like a scene on a boat and a, a scene with a golf club right. so there's a lot of parallels i feel like you can yeah i assume with this movie and others
0: i assumed that that had to have been some sort of an influence knowing that much about the movie um and i did see that like there there was a list of movies that jordan peel asked the actors to watch and that was one of them Oh, really? Yeah, oh, cool. so that they could have some sort of a common language while they're shooting oh. the movie. Of like, this should be like this movie, I guess, is how they probably use that. But that was one of them, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of uh, influences, and he, he wears them well.
1: Yeah, I would say with this movie, definitely don't just watch it once. You know, it deserves yeah. like a second or third viewing, just yeah, because totally. there's so many things that you need to catch. For instance... Um, that homeless guy that Jason mm-hmm. sees on the beach, he who was the parallel of the guy who was killed and put in the ambulance. Yeah. You can see when he's standing, he's standing like he's ready to do the hands across America. Like he's just standing there with his arms oh, out yeah, like yeah. that, like he's ready to hold some hands. And so um, he's just
0: waiting for everybody to connect with him later yeah, in the movie.
1: Exactly. Like I didn't notice that till someone mentioned it and I saw it in the trailer and right. I was like, oh shit.
0: Oh, one thing that um I'm gonna steal this from uh my girlfriend, because mm-hmm. um, we saw this together, and the line of people dressed in red doing a version of Hands Across America at the end of the movie, all the tethered people up above ground doing that as their their big like statement of or, or whatever. Yeah, um, she said it for it reminded her of the wall oh. that, that Trump is trying to build.
1: <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm there you go. That. That's a thing.
1: <laughs> there you go. There's another thing that you can yeah yeah yeah. I mean, into.
0: I, I didn't think of that while watching it, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. That could maybe that was part of it. Like I don't know. Like who yeah, knows? Yeah. Well, like, <laughs>
1: and then you get like to add to that, they're wearing red, which is you know color for Republicans.
0: Oh, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we should wrap this up. Yeah. There's <laughs> We've been too talking many for things. almost a half hour. There's too many things. Yeah. Um. Any quick. Final words. Fifteen seconds.
1: I would just repeat what I said earlier, or like just put that there. But
0: watch it again and watch it again and yeah, watch it again. I would say just yeah.
1: watch this film multiple times because yeah. there's so many things to pick up on, and it's just such a strange movie that when you first see it, you're kind of like, oh, "What's happening?" And then, but now I th- I feel like now that I know what what happened and what To expect, now I can see all the little hints throughout, which I also like. When
0: are you going to go see it again?
1: As soon as possible.
0: Yeah. Same. (laughs) I I would like to go see it again pretty soon. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Stereoactive Presents, and thank you to our guest, Jacqueline Solar. The music in this podcast is composed by Hansdale Sue. My name is Jeremiah Lee McVeigh. If you like what you hear in this show, please rate and review it in Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that allows that. Doing so helps us to expand our audience, and it is much appreciated. And please follow us wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. Every little bit helps, and again, it is truly appreciated. You can also get in touch with us at StereoactiveMedia at gmail.com. And you can find more information about this show and everything else the Stereoactive Media is involved with at StereoactiveMedia.com. This podcast is produced by Stereoactive Media.